What's up, guys? So I just want to thank and give a round of applause for the worship team and Lane. So can we thank them for being here today with us? Thank you, guys. So just as Pastor Jeff uh, talked about last week, we started a series called Why Jesus? Why Jesus? And we're discussing the question, why do we need Jesus? Or do we even need Jesus? Right? So I don't care if it's the first time here right now. Like I know I've already met people first time here, maybe first time in church today. Uh, or you came your whole life. So what, wherever you're at in that walk, it doesn't matter. The, this series should be crucial for you. Because if you don't need Jesus, then you're wasting your time. You're wasting your time sitting here right now, honestly. Right? If I'm going to be brutally honest with you, if I'm, I, I'm a follower of Christ. And I know there's a, many of you guys that are and would say you are. Um, so we're not only just wasting our time right now, but we're wasting our life. Right? We're, we're completely wasting our life if we don't really need Jesus. But yeah, I mean, I gave up uh, a lot better paying job. I gave up moving from a town I loved with people I love, family and friends. I gave up relationships in order to follow Christ and to follow the call he's placed on my life. So if we don't need Jesus, if I don't need Jesus, then I'm wasting my life. Right? I'm just going to be brutally honest with you guys. I'm, I'm completely wasting my life. So that's what we're going to talk about today, and I really hope over the next month and next couple weeks as we continue this series that you guys engage in this series, that if this is the first time here, keep showing up and see if you need Jesus, because that's, that's what we're going to talk about today, and um, today I'm specifically going to talk about, though, the idea of how we have gone from death into life in Christ, how we've gone from death to life in Christ, and someone once told me that Christianity is the greatest comeback story of all time. The greatest comeback story of all time. So how many sports fans in here? Raise your hand if you're a sports fan. Got any sports fans in here? All right, put your hands down. Now, Duck fans, raise your hand. Dawson, if your hand's not up, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You're going, you're going to play for Oregon, so you better be a fan. So it, everyone, keep your hands up. Hands up for Duck fans. All right, everyone look around the room. See the people with hands up. God loves these people so much more than everyone else. I'm going to be brutally honest with you guys. He loves them so much more. No, but when I, when I played for Oregon... Uh, and it was my redshirt freshman year. Uh, it's 2014, and um, we were down. We were playing Oregon State in the Civil War game, and we were actually losing, uh, surprisingly, to the Beavers uh, by six points in the last minute of the game. Uh, but we had Marcus Mariota, this guy that they didn't have, and so he took us down the whole field. And one one minute, we scored in the last second of the game, touchdown pass to Josh Huff. Uh, we beat the Beavers 36 to 35. It was, a great, it was one of the greatest comebacks uh, in the history of Oregon football, right? It was a last-second comeback. But today, I'm going to talk about the greatest comeback in the history of humanity. And that's how, as we as followers of Jesus, have gone from death into life in Him. So before we dive into God's Word, you guys just bow your heads and pray with me. God, we thank you for this opportunity to open your Word. God, we thank you uh, for this opportunity just to worship you today. God, we, we pray that we encounter you today. We pray that you show up today, Jesus, and um, that you speak in the hearts of every individual in here. God, I pray that every person in here leaves this room and leaves this building realizing their need for you, Jesus. We love you and we praise you. It's in your name we pray. We all say? Amen. So if you need a Bible, raise your hand. We'll start passing out the Bibles. Um, keep your hand up if you do. If not, start going to either on your phone or in the Bible you have right now, to Ephesians. So we're going to go through Ephesians chapter 2. 
And we're starting in verse 1. In the book of Ephesians, uh, it's a, Paul wrote this. And Paul's an apostle, a pastor, basically just a dude, just like you and I. Um, and he's writing this to a town called Ephesus. And it's called Ephesians because the people in Ephesus that lived in Ephesus were called Ephesians. It'd be like if I'm writing a letter to people in Oregon. I'm calling it Oregonians, right? We're called Oregonians. It's the same thing. And he's teaching these people about Jesus, right? And he's teaching these people about the gospel. And so if you guys want to follow along with me, starting in verse 1, I'm going to put it up on the board as well. Uh, It says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us, say all of us, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. It's not by works that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So this is a lot of scripture, right? And I'm guessing, I'm assuming that you guys clocked out for maybe half of it. And it's like I would have. So, but what I'm going to point out is three points, right? I'm going to point out three points that Paul makes here. And it kind of follows in this order. So I want you guys to write these down Take these notes, and so when you read through this scripture, you can follow what Paul is saying here. So the first point I want to make is, we were separated from God. We were separated from God. In verse 1, it says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. We were separated from God once we as humanity, and once we as just human individuals decided to sin. Right when we decided to sin, we, we separated ourselves from God. And you guys might have heard this a thousand times. But it's the truth that once we decided to sin, we were in need. We were in need of something or someone to help bring us back into relationship with God. So that's the first point that Paul makes, is we were separated from God. The second thing is we were made alive in God. It's verse 4, I believe it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. So we were made alive in Christ, right? So God gave Jesus, right? Jesus took on our sin that separated us from him, from him, from the Lord, right? Our sin that separated us from God. Jesus took it on himself, right? And died and then rose from the dead so that we could have life in him, so we could be made alive in him. So the first point is we are separated from God. Second thing is we are made alive in God. The third thing, it was accomplished by God. It was all accomplished by God. In verse 8, it says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. So it's nothing that I have done to earn that. It's nothing that you have done to earn that. It's a gift. It's just a gift of God. So three points as you follow through this, these ten verses in Ephesians, we take away. We were separated from God. We were made alive in God. And it was accomplished by God. And I really want to 
really focus in right now on the idea of being dead in our sins, right? And what that means, and the first point is we were separated from God. So I want to focus in on that right now. And in verse 1, it says, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. So I try to think about what that means. Like, if you just think for a second, what that means to you to be dead in your sin. What does that exactly mean? And um, a lot of you might not understand exactly what that means. And that's, that's okay. That's like me as well. It's, it's hard to understand that, to comprehend what that exactly means. But there's one thing that kind of relates to that, that, so we can understand it. And that's the idea of being helpless. I'm sure everyone in here has felt helpless at some point in their life, or they will feel helpless at some point in their life, right? Helpless is where we are out of, something's out of our control. We can't control something, right? It's out of our hands, right? There's, there's going to be points in our life where we feel helpless, right? And I, I believe that in order to understand the gospel and really to fully take in what Jesus has done for us on the cross, every single person, including myself, Pastor Jeff, everyone in here needs to realize that they are helpless and that they're in need. We have to understand that. A, a perfect example of this is um, I dated a girl from sophomore year of high school till junior year of college. And this, this relationship wasn't Christian at all. I wasn't a Christian. She wasn't a Christian. I didn't, and we actually decided to go different ways. I, I started following the Lord and following Jesus in my junior year of college. And she was going a completely different way. So we broke up because of it. And the unfortunate thing is, is that her dad was diagnosed with cancer like a couple weeks prior, two weeks prior to us breaking up. And when we broke up, we, it wasn't one of those things where, you know, we're, we're friends afterwards. We weren't, we weren't talking at all. That wasn't, that wasn't the thing. We, were, we literally just stopped talking. And, um, but I would get a random phone call from her like in the middle of the night and like years after we broke up. And she, I'd answer, and she'd be, like, just bawling her eyes out. She'd be crying, crying, crying. And she'd be like, Hayden, my, my dad's going to die. He's going to die. Like, there's literally nothing I can do. My dad's going to pass away. It's out of my hands, Hayden. Like, I can't save him. I can't help him. She was helpless, right? She was, she was helpless. And the amazing thing about this all is, is that it wasn't until this point where she felt helpless that she wanted to hear about Jesus. That we dated five years, never once did she want to hear about Jesus and what he's done for us. So I got to tell her for the first time ever about the hope we have in him and about how we are made alive in him. But it wasn't until she felt helpless, right? And I'm here to tell you that we don't have to wait for our father to be about to pass away, or our mother, or you name it, our brother, or ourselves, we don't have to wait till we feel physically helpless in order to understand what Jesus has done for us, because we should feel helpless right now where we're at, right? In verse 3, it says, all of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following his desires and thoughts. Say all of us one more time. Now turn to the person next to you and tell them, that means you too. You guys, if we're going to be honest with ourselves, I mean, we can joke all we want, right? We can joke, we can mess around all we want. But if we're going to be brutally honest with ourselves, we'll all admit at some point in our life we've fallen short, if not today, right? If not today. We've all sinned and we've all fallen short. And right when we did that, we need to realize that we have a need and that we're helpless, 
Because what? We're separated from God. So how are we going to get back in relationship with Him? And I think that sometimes we don't get to the point of feeling helpless. We don't get to this point of feeling helpless because we, we realize, we think that, you know, we're, we're doing something good now. Like we're moving in a good direction now, right? Like some people fall into the illusion that, oh, I might have sinned in my past and I, that was in my past, but now I'm kind of going in this direction now. Now I'm okay. Like I'm moving towards something better. And we think our good deeds are going to make up for what we've done. But that's, that's, that's not the case at all, you guys. And I have a perfect illustration for that. I have a friend who has a um, three-year-old son. So just like many three-year-old sons, I'm sure. Actually, I don't know, so I don't, I'm not sure about that. But I, I think that most three-year-old sons like to do what their dad does, right? They like to kind of help him out with everything. So this little guy, his name's Joel, he um, likes to help his dad, especially if he's, like, building something. His dad's helped, like, fixing something in the house. He's got like this plastic toolbox with all the plastic tools that his dad has, and um, he was building a shelf in his garage. He was rebuilding a shelf, and so his dad would go and hit in a nail, right, to build the shelf, and his son, Joel, would come up with his plastic hammer and start whacking the area, like where the area is where the nail was already hit in, right? And he's acting like he's doing something, right? He thinks he's doing something, but the nail was already in, right? We already know that, and so... Then he'd go up to his mom and be like, Mom, guess, guess what I did? I, I, I built the shelf today. Like, this is what I did. I, I, I fixed it. And we know that he didn't do any of it, right? He did nothing, right? And that's the same exact thing that we are doing with our Heavenly Father. Our Heavenly Father already nailed Jesus Christ to the cross. It's already finished. It's done. And we're going around with our plastic hammers just hitting things and saying, oh, I'm doing this now. I'm doing this on my own. You know, I, I, I'm making up for my sin, right? So I can do it now on my own. Jesus goes in John 15, verse 5, he goes to the point of saying, apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do nothing apart from me. I don't know about you guys, but I walked 21 years without Jesus in my life, and I can fully admit that I fail miserably without Jesus Christ. I absolutely fail miserably without him. And you can think that's just one guy up here. Like, you might be thinking in your mind, oh, it's just one guy up there, and, you know, he's a pastor or something. Like, he, he's just different, right? But in the reality, everyone in this world, there's people all throughout the world every second of the day proclaiming their need for Jesus. It doesn't matter if you're rich or poor, healthy or sick, young or old. I mean, I meet people doing homeless ministry stuff, these, these guys on the side of the road saying, I need Jesus. And you could think in your mind that like, oh yeah, of course he needs Jesus because he doesn't have anything. He literally doesn't have anything, right? He needs something like that. He needs Jesus. But in reality, then I turn on ESPN and I see Steph Curry go for like 55 points. Who knows Steph Curry? You know Steph Curry? He goes for like 55 points and then he goes up and says, oh yeah, that doesn't matter. Jesus is my everything. Jesus is my everything. They, they literally try to, like, tell Steph Curry to, no, you can't talk about Jesus. And he's like, not to, I, I have to. If you, you, I'll, be, I'll be out of the NBA if you don't want me to talk about him. So there's people, it doesn't matter who you are or where you come from, people are expressing their need for Jesus every single day. So as we start to move into this time of discussion, I'm going to invite Olivia up here, and then Pastor Jeff soon, and... Um, but I really just want to encourage you guys right now. Sometimes I think we walk 
into church and um, think that we need to hide ourselves, like hide our sin and hide our shame, especially guys. I remember in high school, me in high school, I just like think that I had to look like I had it all together, right? I'm, I'm, I'm it. I'm everything, right? I, I had to act like that. But that's when we're hiding our need and hiding our, like, our sin and our shame, that's doing God a disservice. Because in my brokenness, God's grace is sufficient. In my brokenness, God's grace is sufficient. And actually, when we start to take up off our layers and show our sin and show our shame, God, and we show that God's grace is enough for us, God's glorified in that. And the amazing part is when we say, God, I need you, God, I'm helpless without you. Literally, I can't do anything without you. That's when he'll meet us. And that's when he'll just stick out his hand and meet us right there. In verse 4, it says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. So when we say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, there's nothing I can do without you. That's when we get to be a part of the greatest comeback in the history of humanity. That's when we get to go from spiritually dead to spiritually alive. That's when we get to know when we die, not if we die, but when we die, we know where we're going now. We know where we get to go now. That's when we become alive in Christ. And there's nothing better than that. There's absolutely nothing better.